Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 307 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, welcome back, listeners. Yes, it's been a, been a few weeks. Alois, you've been a busy man up in the Gold yeah. Coast. Yeah, been uh, been at the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. So in Australia and the Commonwealth, obviously, it's a pretty big event for us. Yeah. Um, multi, multi-sport event. So, uh, yeah, great to be part of that. Awesome. All right. Well, let's first, Alois, get, get some really interesting things out of the way. Let's start with the joke of the week. The most interesting thing, yes. What did the alien say to the garden? Uh, I've got no idea, Jeff. What did the alien say to the garden? Take me to your weeder. <laughs> ah, yes. All right. Now, uh, before before we move on to I the Commonwealth, Jeff, we like we you've had a few weeks, Jeff. You know, we haven't had a show for a few weeks, and that's the best you can come up with, huh? That's why. That's why I pulled out the big one, so everyone would say, "Oh yeah, I remember why we listened to the joke of the week because it's so funny." Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Talk about something interesting now, Jeff. Yeah, all right, okay. Before we move on to the Commonwealth Games, allies, let's talk about on this week. What happened on this week? Yeah, well, one of our favourites had a birthday this week. On the 17th of April, uh, Vladimir Samsonov had his birthday, and he was born in 1976. Wow, 42. That's a a big number, really. Yeah, is uh, is he retired yet? No, nah, no. Nah, How I don't can he keep playing at forty-two? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I wonder if he's going to play the the world veterans this year. Uh, <laughs> I, I reckon he'd. I reckon he'd go okay. He, he might do all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Samsonov, obviously one of the one of the absolute legends of the game, um, never won a world championship gold medal, but uh, he famously came runner-up in nineteen ninety-seven to Waldner. Um, and uh, and also in '95 got a silver medal in the doubles and um, and a bronze medal in '99 in the doubles. So can you so imagine been... that, Alois, a, a world championship final with no Chinese competitor in it? Yeah, I remember those days. Well, that's uh, 20 years ago now, Jeff. Mm. 21. Yeah, yep, 21. So, yeah. Yeah, 21 years ago. Um, yeah. The, the the old days. That's right. But um, but Waldy had uh, not Waldy. Um, Samsonov has won. Um, three World Cup singles events in 99, 01 and 09 um, and several European championships. So he's won three European singles championships in 98, 2003 and 2005. So, uh, you know, an absolute legend of the game. And, and just his um, longevity, I think, is is something to really be, uh, be marvelled at. You know, he's never won a, an Olympic medal. Either, but he's been close on a few occasions as well. You know, finishing, playing off for the bronze medal and uh, things like that. So, how many so Olympics has he been in? He's been in six, I think. Yeah, six, six Olympics. So since '96, um, he's uh, played all uh, each of the Olympics since '96 to 2016. So, again, interesting to see whether he'll go around again in 2020. So he'll be what 44 or something. Surely he can't keep doing it at 44. Well, he's he's going all right. He's, <laughs> he, remember, I mean, last year, um, 
I uh, got to see him at the Australian Open where he actually took the Australian Open Platinum uh, World Tour event. Um, so uh, he's still he's still doing doing well, and you know he, he, the thing is he looks so fit and he, he takes particular care of his his body, his physical ability, um, and that's what he really puts down his longevity too to uh, to being able to to play so long is just really looking after himself health wise and physically and and with his strength. There you go. Well, happy birthday, Vladimir Samsonov, absolute legend I, of the sport. Yeah. And I reckon he's going to have a whole lot more, hopefully. So, Excellent. Sounds good. All right, Alice, let's move on to the Commonwealth Games. How was it? Was it exciting? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was an exciting event. It was, um, I mean, it's a, it's a very long event for table tennis. So the Commonwealth Games goes for 11 days, and table tennis is played on every one of those 11 days. Wow. Um, yeah, so they start with uh, men's and women's teams events, uh, and they have... Uh, Singles, doubles, mixed doubles, um, and also this time they had um, a Paris singles event. So, um, so it's a, it's a huge program uh, for table tennis. Yeah. So um, tell us a bit more about the the Paris side of things, Alois. Is this the first time they've really uh, integrated them with the main sports? Um, it, they no, they've had it. They've had it previously. They've had it in previous games. So in table tennis, they didn't have it in Glasgow, um, but previously they've had a few. Um, wheelchair women's singles events um i don't know why they particularly picked out wheelchair women's singles but um they 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 had had that over um, a few games but this time what they've done is they've started by having um the standing singles events and i think the plan that they were talking about is they'll alternate between wheelchair singles um, at one games and then standing singles at the other game so you know every eight years basically uh, those para players will get a chance to play for a medal. Interesting, because I know yep. um, you know at the Olympics they they don't integrate them at the same time. The Paralympics happens a couple of weeks after, generally. That's right. Yes. So yeah, it's, it, it was an interesting um, thing having uh, both the para and the and the able body um, athletes there together. You, you know, for the Australian team in one team um, worked pretty well. Um, and across the board, I think you know the, the general public really did enjoy watching. Um, some of the para events, um, you know, the swimming, the athletics, um, getting to, to see uh, the para athletes alongside the uh, able body athletes. Yeah. Okay, and um, so how was the opening ceremony? I imagine it would be pretty loud in front of a home crowd. Yeah, the opening ceremony was, was great. Um, yeah, walking out uh, to the stadium in front of a home crowd gets pretty loud. Um in there, so uh, so that was uh, that was pretty amazing, and that's an experience that you've had, Jeff, at uh, in Sydney. Yes, in yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very lucky, I think, to have uh, competed in the home games. Yeah, that's right. So uh, yeah, yeah, good experience at the at the opening ceremony. Um, closing ceremony is always a bit dodgy, I think, um, <laughs> and, and uh, got some got some pretty uh, bad reviews with the closing ceremony this time. But uh, but you know, I mean, it's. Um, it's not what you really go to uh, the games for. It's more more about the sport. So yeah, um, absolutely. Now, yeah, and, 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 and Alois, so, was there was there any any one highlight uh, for you at the Commonwealth Games, whether it was table tennis or not table tennis related? Yeah, I didn't really get to see much apart from the table tennis because um, it was on know, every day. You had to be at the table tennis. It, yeah, exactly. That's right. 
So I think, um, you know, for Australia winning um, their first gold medal in the para singles. So there was a first table tennis gold medal um, for Australia uh, with Melissa Tapper winning that singles event and also um, picking up the bronze medal uh, with Andrea McDonald. Yeah, and yeah, what a great effort. Uh, still, uh, gold and bronze. And of course, uh, Melissa Tapper was famous um, just a couple of years ago at the Olympics and Paralympics for being the first Australian to represent Australia at both the Paralympics and the Olympics. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, um, I mean, she's she's done a lot uh, in her career. And, and I think, um, you know, this um, Commonwealth Games gold medal is just a bit of a reward for her for um, for all of uh, you know the the uh, the journey she's been on with her table tennis, so yeah, I mean, brilliant. Um, yeah, she um, she was uh, she was you know really strong in the final. She played a, a Nigerian who we didn't know a lot about, um, Faith Abuwazi, um, but uh, yeah, won that won that uh, final three one um, there, and um, and it was it was a good atmosphere because uh, you know just previously Andrea. Um, had gone out in front of the home crowd and won the bronze medal, and then Melissa went out and won the gold medal. So yeah, it was good atmosphere for the crowd as well, and and really really good crowds. Um, you know, for Australia for table tennis, you know, having a couple of thousand people at um, each of the each of the sessions uh, was was great, and you know, a crowd that was really really getting into table tennis and really supporting table tennis um, was good. And and again, I mean, b- before we go on to some more results, I think. Now, the other really good thing was just uh, the Australian athletes just acknowledging the crowd, um, you know, at the, celebrating their their points, celebrating their wins. And it was a, re- it was a real shame. And I have to say, the, the Singapore um, athletes, um, after they won their medals in the women's singles, um, you know, just no acknowledgement of the crowd, just just nothing. And, it, you know, I think that's one of the real weaknesses of our game. Um, you know, just the the players not realising that they need to give back to the crowd, they need to acknowledge the crowd. Um, you know, they need to even, um, uh, you know, just, just get the crowd going a little bit because ultimately that's what the crowd are there for. And the crowd are the the ones that are going to build this sport and to build, um, also build, build the sport financially. You know I mean? If, mm. if, if it's not a spectacle anymore, people aren't going to um, turn up. People aren't going to watch on, um, whether it be television on, you know, on media of any sort. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's a real key for table tennis that we have to, have to address, um, you know, tennis do it so well. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Tennis do it so well. You know, the um, the players, when they win, always acknowledge the crowd, always thank the crowd, always, you know, tell them that, you know, they're the best crowd ever, um, those sort of things. But, um, yeah, I think, it, I think it's uh, really, it's a really important step forward for, for table tennis. It doesn't sound like a huge problem to solve. It just sounds like a bit of training required, Alois. I think maybe you should uh, see if you know anyone in the ITTF that you can give a, you know, a little bit of a <laughs> tip to. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I did, uh, was was having some, you know, casual chats to uh, to a few people there from ITTF and, and um and saying that, and I mean, I think they're all in agreement. Um, it's just yeah. a matter of making that happen now. 
Yeah, because um, because I'm sure I'm sure that uh, well I don't know, but I imagine that the tennis players get a bit of uh, media coaching and they um, definitely do. Yeah, so I I think it'd be a pretty easy problem to solve. Yeah, exactly. And 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 then the 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 next point is also then the presentation and the presentation at, on the Gold Coast uh, was was great. Um, had uh, Johnny Cow on there on the microphone uh, live, you know, just getting the crowd going, keeping them informed um, was was great to see. I, I did actually get out to see the badminton on the last day, and they do it well uh, too. I mean, they've got some music um, every time. There's a handover, I think they call it in badminton, a handover, so a handover of uh, serve, you know, there might be a, you know, 10, 15 second break and they play some music, they get the crowd going. Um, and I think, you know, that's, mm. that station is really important. Um, you know, I was saying to a few people there as well, you know, I mean, I don't think we're, it would be that difficult to even have live commentary happening um, at the game and, uh, you know, in between every point, have live commentary, have music. Um, it's it's about providing a spectacle for the for the spectators. You know, not interesting idea, Alice. I mean, music is a pretty popular thing in a lot of sports. You see that in basketball all the time. You see it at the baseball, um, in cricket. Now they're doing that um, live commentary, though. I'm not sure many sports to do that. That would be uh, an interesting idea. Yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a commentary, but it's just a just a a, a regular, you know, beefing up of the crowd. Um, yes. Just informing them of what's going on. Um, you know, sometimes you know some strange things happen out on the court. Um, you know, just informing them of what of what's happening. I think um, I think that's really important. You know, presentation is something that I think table tennis has really struggled with. But as you say, it's not that difficult to change. Um, and you know we've uh, we've got the Australian Open here later in the year. It'd be really interesting if we could uh, start to implement some of those things there. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Anyway, but, but apart from that, there was there was some really good matches, Jeff. <laughs> so, yes. So uh, in the in the men's singles, there was a bit of a turn up with uh, Gao Ning uh, taking the men's singles final against Quadri Aruna. Um, so he won one four two. Um, you know, and Quad- Quadri Runa had a um, had a dodgy sort of preparation at best. You know, he only turned up right at the ends of end of the teams matches um, because he was playing um, some league matches uh, in Europe and couldn't get there before the playoffs uh, finished. So, so he turned up just for the individual events, and uh, and I think was really underdone uh, mm. for this. Event. And yeah, and I think showed in the end with uh, Gowning being Aruna. Um, uh, in the semis was uh, Sharatha Chanta, a previous winner in 2006. Um, and Sam Walker, I suppose, the other surprise semi-finalist, you know, he did the best out of the um, the three English players. Um, so uh, Pitchford uh, uh, lost to a Chanta uh, 4-2 in the, in the quarterfinal. And overall, I'd have to say a disappointing event for Pitchford. You know, he's... he's he showed he showed a lot um, at the previous World Cup uh, teams and uh, and I think you know maybe this was just a little bit of a, of a letdown for him you know after that great showing at the World Cup he's got the World Teams Championships uh, starting you know in about ten days as well so um, yeah he just wasn't at his best you know talking to uh, Alan Cook the 
um, now the technical director of the um, English team, you know, he said uh, yeah, he just wasn't at his best and, you know, just um, was just struggled a little bit at, at this level. You know, I think it, it's interesting when when you're playing uh, those the, uh, at that level or just coming up to that level, often it's easier to play against the better players um, and, you know, because you're a little bit freer and easier and you, you swing, um, whereas playing against the players maybe just below you or, you know, at your level and there's a bit more pressure on you, um, then it becomes more difficult. So, um, yeah, interesting. But, you know, Pitchford, it was great. I was able to, to watch him close up. He's just such a such a smooth player, especially on his backhand side. Yeah. That back rips down the line is just, uh, just beautiful to watch. Yeah. And I guess the fact that he can compete with those top players means maybe he just needs to tighten up his mental game a little bit at the lower level uh, or, you know, at the people at the, his same level. Um, yeah. But a lot of potential there. And I guess England... Is looking really good because it like you saw Sam Walker come up and make the semis. So they've got kind of three players, and you need that depth if you're going to really compete um, on the world stage. And they seem to have that. Yeah, exactly. They yeah they, they they've done well overall, and um, and their their um, their women's team took out the bronze medal as well, mm. downing the Australians in the in the bronze medal um, match. So um, so that was. Uh, that was a, a good effort by uh, by the English women too um, to take that. Um, yeah, the, I, sp- I suppose the big story of the whole Commonwealth Games was India once again. You know, we've we've been talking them up for the last six months to a year. Yep, it's uh, all down to you, Alloys. Um, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. They uh, they have been so impressive, um, the Indians, over the last um, you know six months to a year. And I think things are just really coming together. You know, they they took out both teams' titles, the men's and the women's teams' title. And in the women's, they knocked off the the highly highly fancied Singapore team. Um, so uh, so that was that was an amazing result uh, to see that happen. Um, and in the men's, you know, they again knocked off Singapore, knocked off um, Nigeria in the final. Um, again, with with strong players, so um, you know they've really they've really come to the fore. So in the men's uh, gold medal match, they won three nil uh, with um, with Achanta beating uh, Body uh, Abudin, and uh, and then Nana Sekran beating Toriola, um, yeah. and then the, uh, winning the doubles with uh, Hamid Desai and Nana Sekran. So. Uh, yeah, it's a very really impressive effort by um, by India in the men's and in the women's. Uh, they won three one in the uh, in the women's team's um, final as well against Singapore. And amazingly, um, uh, Manika Batra, um, the really tall um, Indian player using long pimples on the back end, beat Feng Tianwei in the opening match three two. Um, and then, um, and yeah, then... Feng Tingwei still ranked in top ten in the world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, she's number four. Number four. There four you go. In the world. Yeah. So um, you mean you beat uh, Patka, the, the Indian third player, but then Mumadas and uh, Patka won the doubles against you mean you and the young Zhou uh, Yishan, Zhou Yihan. Um, but then Manika Batra. 
came to the table again and just absolutely destroyed the Singapore number three player, seven, four, and seven. Wow. Uh, and that was a bit of a precursor because Manika Batra actually went on to win the women's singles as well. Yes. Uh, yeah, so in the semi, she beat Feng Tian Wei. Um, Again. Four, three, in an absolute cliffhanger. So she uh, she had a match point. Um, Feng Tian Wei just scrambled the topspin that just clipped the back end of the table. Oh. Um, and you'd think, you know, oh, that, that might just deflate her. She then went down match point. Um, but just was strong and was able to come back and win that match. Um, yeah, I saw the rallies at that stage of the match and it was really high-quality table tennis from both players. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just, just magnificent table tennis. I mean, Feng Chan weighs number four in the world, so, you know, she, she doesn't go down um, easily. Yeah. And that was, uh, yeah, for, for Monica Batra to win that and then back up and, and beat uh, Yu Ming Yu in the final and again, it was very, very comfortable in the final. You know, she really, she really uh, put uh, put uh, Yu to the sword in the in the singles final as well. So, um, you know, to be able to knock off those two highly, highly ranked players and take the title is was amazing. Yeah, it's really good to see some someone just break through like that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and she didn't. It's amazing. She's got such a simple game, um, you know, just using the long pimples on the backhand, you know, stopping the ball, hitting sometimes with the pimples, um, and uh, and then just a crunching forehand that she, she uses so well. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So, anyway, I've probably talked enough about the Commonwealth Games. It's been, but, um, yeah, exciting event, but really good to see the Indians again come through. Um, and uh, and have such a strong showing and and you know I mean it's it really goes well for them you know leading up now to the world teams championships will be interesting to see um, where they get to with that yeah so um, what, when when are they coming up and what else is coming up yeah so the world teams championships um, starting uh, early next month so I have not the date in front of me but yeah um, but not too but, far away yeah not too far away so. Um, in the in the women's championship division, so there's um, uh, so they've got seven, eight, nine, yeah, seven, uh, quite a few groups, um, quite a few groups in the in the championship division. Um, with let me just see how many teams um, there are. Twenty four teams in the championship division. Oh, there. yep, that makes so, sense. Yeah, so six, uh, it'll be six groups. Uh, sorry, four groups of six. So India in the championship division with Manika Batra, Mubadas, uh, Patkar, and then yeah, yes. two younger players. So um, that'll be good to see. Of course, you know, China, Japan, uh, Chinese Taipei, Chinese team, Chen Meng, uh, Ding Ning, Lu Xi Wen, Wang Man Yu, Zhu Yuling. Uh, def- strong. Yeah, definitely go in favourites. Um and uh, Japan number two seeds there uh, with uh, Hina Hayata, Miurano, Kazumi Ishikawa, Mima Ito, and Miyu Nagasaki um, in that. So, and then the the men's uh, championship division, uh, we've got um, yeah. So Germany actually ranked as number one. Um, China ranked as number two in that. Um, you know, just because of the um, the 
the current world rankings system. So, um, you know, Germany with Bol, Obcharov, um, Franziska, um, China with Fan Zindong, Lin Gaoyuan, Ma Long, um, Zhu Xin, uh, and Wang Chu Qin. So, um, for me, I mean, obviously, China still goes in favourite, even though they're the number two seeds. Yes. Clearly. So, yes, that, that's... Uh, that's yeah. That's actually starting on the 29th, so in 10 days' time, 29th of April, and goes through till the 6th of May, and that's in Hamstad in Sweden. So is anyone going to be able to challenge the Chinese here? I don't know. You know, maybe the Indians, Jeff. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, but um, I don't think so. You know, again, you know, Japan will have a good showing. Um, Germany... In the men's, you know, bowl of job, you know, they've just got to play at their absolute best to be able to uh, to knock the Chinese team off, you know, yes. in that one in that one match. Indeed. So, yeah. Very good, very good. So, uh, yeah, great to hear about the Commonwealth Games and lots of exciting competitions coming up, Alois. Yeah, the other one, the other one that just happened was just the Asian Cup, and there was a little bit of talk. I haven't seen any of it, but there was a little bit of talk that. Uh, you know, um, Ma Long and um, Lin Gaoyuan, um, oh, sorry, Fan Zendong and Lin Gaoyuan ended up in the final. Um, you know, they both lost matches pre- earlier on. Um, Harry Modo beat Fan Zendong and, and, uh, and Lin Gaoyuan lost in his group as well. You know, there was some talk of them, you know, perhaps uh, rigging the draw so that they end up in opposite halves, but, you know, hard to... Hard to say. Hmm. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Interesting. <laughs> Always a good conspiracy theory. All right. So, yeah. So, any any interesting results we need to know about from the Asian Cup? I, I think just Harry Moto beating Fan Zendong, you know. Um, for me, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a huge, um, huge win because uh, Fan Zendong is really, you know, I think the, the man they're going to hand the mantle over to, um, and Harry Moto to beat him is uh, is a is a really big win at an Asian Cup event. So that was the main one. Awesome. All right, Alois. Well, let's move on then to the tip and drill of the week. Yeah. So the tip of the week, and and I think uh, you know just from being at the Commonwealth Games and just watching the players and uh, and just seeing how good they are. And the one thing that stood out to me was their preparation. You know, preparation is the real key if you want to perform. So it um, it goes to, you know, preparation on the day. It goes to preparation um, just before the match. It goes to preparation just before a point. It goes to preparation, you know, a year out um, or two years out um, to uh, to achieve what you want to achieve. Um, and I think that's a, that's a real key for, for – all of you to just have a think about, you know, I mean, sure, if you're playing at a club level, you know, maybe you haven't got um, one event in two years' time or a year's time that you're really focusing on, but you can definitely think about preparing yourself well for your um, league or pennant or uh, fixtures night. Uh, you can pre- definitely think about preparing yourself well for um, for a match, you know, just before you play the match, just before you play a point. Um, those sort of things are, are really important to think about because it's not just about how you get out there and, and, and hit that ball. If you're not prepared, if you haven't thought a little bit about the match, if you haven't thought about your opponent, if you haven't thought about 
um, what you're going to eat, um, you know, being prepared physically, then you're just selling yourself short a little bit um, for any for any match. And as I said at the Commonwealth Games, you know, it's it's really it's it was great to see um, just the preparation that the players had. Um, before their matches, you know, the, their little routines and drills that they went through um, just in the dining hall, you know, their their um, their uh, particular their, their particular um, fussiness. What, what, what's the word there, Jeff, about? about yeah, um, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, but I know what you mean. Yeah, they're just they're just particular about what they eat. You know, they they're uh, they're not leaving anything to chance. Um, and, uh, and taking good care of their nutrition as well. So, yeah. so for me, preparation is the key. And so the the drill of the week, sort of a drill, um, is to is to think about your next match. Um, is to think about when you're going to be playing your next match and what you can do between now and that next match to ensure that you give yourself the best chance of performing at your best. You know, whether it's your nutrition, whether it's your sleep, whether it's um, thinking tactically. Um, thinking technically about what you can uh, work on between now and that next match. So, uh, so yeah, let's let's uh, do a little bit of that for uh, for this week. Think about the next match you're going to play and how you can prepare. Yeah, yeah, great tip. Um, and I I think it showed up as you said, Alois, with Aruna not having the ideal preparation. Uh, you know, and maybe that cost him the gold in the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, that was probably something that was out of his control uh, to a great degree because he had uh, league commitments. Um, so for, to me, it just meant that, OK, the Commonwealth Games wasn't his um, ultimate priority. Um, and maybe the World uh, Teams Championships is the thing that he's really focused on. And obviously his league matches that he played and, and, and needed to play, um, you know, so, I mean, if they're, if you're in the league playoffs, you can't just um, take off on from your team because they're paying you a wage. Um, so, uh, yeah, yes. it, it, it's their job um, to, to be there. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, Alois, let's move on to some questions. We've got some real crackers today. First up is one from Owen who wants to know about a basic no-spin serve. He says, I need some tips on this because I'm just learning it, but my no-spin serve always seems to have topspin. Can you help him out? Yeah, sure, Owen. So, interestingly, if, you, if you're if you just pushing the ball forward, when the ball bounces on your side and then your opponent's side, because of the friction on the table, it will tend to roll forward um, because, you know, it's it's being stopped by the table almost. The bottom of the ball is being stopped by the table, so it'll tend to roll forward and start to get a little bit of topspin on it. So, in fact, to get the ball to have no spin, I mean, it's difficult anyway, but you probably need to start with just a little bit of backspin on the ball so that when it gets that friction on the table that it then stops rolling backwards and... You know, doesn't really roll forwards if, if you if you're getting the picture of what I'm what I'm talking about. So you know, if you're looking for no spin, you're probably looking for a little bit of backspin uh, at the actual contact point. Yeah, uh, makes makes sense, Alice. Now, with with these no spin serves, the the critical thing isn't that you've got no spin on it. The critical thing is that you can have two different serves that look very similar 
but one has a lot of backspin and one has not much backspin or, or no spin. Just that the amount of spin between those two serves varies so much so it's hard for your opponent to tell. That's, that's the real key to a successful serve like this, I think. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, um, I mean, if, if you're always serving no spin, then it's easy for your opponent. But if you have got a serve that looks like no uh, backspin, but it has no spin, then that's where you're going to get the little advantages that are going to uh, to win you points. Yeah, but good to see you working on it, Owen. Uh, um, yeah, it is it is important to get that variation. Um, so, yeah, try out what Alloy says. Just try and put a little bit of backspin on at the contact and, and see if that helps you out. But, yeah, then focus on those variations. Yeah, and the other, the other thing that you can try is just varying the position on your racket that you're hitting the ball. So if you're hitting the, the, the ball a little bit further away from the handle, then you're going to um, get a little bit more spin. If you hit the ball a little bit closer to the handle, then you're going to get um, less spin on the ball. Great tip. All right, excellent. Hopefully that helps you out, Owen. Next up is a question from Chris Nagopal. He says, today I played with one of my buddies. He served a long fastball to the corner. How do I deal with that uh, type of serve? Um, he says, I, I didn't know whether he would serve it long, short, left or right. So I stood in a neutral position and I tried to loop it, um, but it either goes into the net or outside the table and I'm very frustrated. Have you got any yeah. advice for Krishna Gobal? Yeah, so um, the, the main thing for me is that it's really important that you watch the ball carefully from the moment that um, that your opponent's got it in their hand. So if you're watching the ball, it's amazing how much extra time you feel like you've got when the ball's coming towards you. So it's great that you're standing in that nice central position, you know, where you're able to cover the short, the long, the left, the right, etc. But now if you can really focus on the ball, then you'll get information a bit quicker as to where you need to move. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, if that ball comes long, then, you'll, then you need to get to a situation where you are making a topspin off that ball. So either a forehand or backhand topspin. It doesn't have to be a big stroke. It just needs to be from a fairly central position. You know, rotate your body and just utilize um, a simple little forehand or backhand topspin ball when the ball comes long. When it comes short, you can think about pushing or flicking. So um, for me, it the key is just that watching uh, the ball all the way from your opponent's hand so that you're getting that information quickly. Yeah, and, and I feel your frustration, Krishna Gobal, because returning serves is just one of the hardest parts of the game. Like you said, you've got to worry about the placement. They can serve it anywhere. Then you've also got to worry about the spin. So even if they serve it to the same spot, if one's got a bit of backspin and one's got no spin, then you can yeah you can still make mistakes like you said, hitting it into the net and hitting it out. So it does take a lot of practice. Um, but yeah, start out with what Alloy said. Really watch the ball, and then at least you can get into a good position. And then hopefully you'll start picking up on those finer details as well. Awesome. All right. Next up is a question from Ashish. He says, hey, Alois, I have a problem with moving around the table. I believe I am slow and not able to cover the table quickly. Can you share a few tips to have faster movements and improve my court coverage? Yep, sure, Ashish. So the first and the 
really important thing is to get a good basic stance. Um, so what you need to do is ha have your have your legs nice and bent, um, be in a in a good low position so that you're ready to move um, initially. So by by bending your, your knees, you're starting to engage your leg muscles, your quads especially, and that will enable you to be able to move. The next thing is to then think about your um, the speed of that movement and how you're going to move. Um, we've got some we've got some tutorials on both the basic stance and the basic footwork movement. You know, the, and um, I'd, I'd advise you have a look at those um, initially. But the most important thing is just to be in that low position, and then it's almost like a jumping motion. Um, with both your legs at the same time so that you can you can spring and move quickly into position this this movement only comes with practice it only comes with um being able to practice and move and move often um so that you're getting stronger with your legs and also um more efficient with your movement as well yeah um a couple of things you pointed out Aloysio. when you get down in that low position you engage your leg muscles so it is going to be hard on your legs at first if you're not used to that. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll build up those the more you practice it. And then the other thing, yeah, that low position, Alois, you've said this before, you can often tell a good player from someone who's just starting out just by the, the way they stand at the court. If they're standing up tall and straight, um, you know they probably haven't um, got used to getting into that really good position and, and that'll affect you can tell that they're a beginner as opposed to a more advanced player often. Yeah, that's right. So um, we'll put links um, to the basic stance and the basic footwork movement um, and, uh, yeah, check those out first. Yep. Good, uh, good luck with that, Ashish. All right. And lastly, a question from Oslo who says, Alice, am I allowed to hit the ball off the sides when serving the ball? Yeah, so Oslo, I think you're meaning so um, so that when it bounces on your opponent's side, that it then leaves the table off the side, um, uh, you know, crossing the sideline. We get this question quite a bit. Um, and, yes, Oslo, you are allowed to. That's completely uh, legal uh, to do. The only time it's not legal is if you're playing a wheelchair player. So if you're playing a wheelchair player, then you're not allowed to serve um, off the sides of the table like that so um, when you're playing a wheelchair do you have to also serve it off the end so it can't bounce twice or no you can serve it short yeah you can serve it short but as long as if you, uh, if the player lets it go that it would then leave the end of the table so it's ah. not allowed to stop on the table or go back towards the net um, it has to eventually dribble off the end of the table yeah gotcha yeah so yeah so and um, in standing play, um, yes, you're allowed to serve off the side of the table. Um, and often, uh, or not often, but sometimes it's a good tactic to do that, um, to get your opponent out wide um, as well. Yes, all right. Hopefully that clears that up for you. Oslo, great question. I told you we had some good ones today, Alois. Yeah, you certainly did. Good work, Jeff. Excellent. All right, well, that wraps up the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Alois, and thanks for all the insights into the Commonwealth Games. Very interesting. No problems. Yep. And, um, and thanks for listening, folks. 
All right, uh, we will catch you again shortly. In the meantime, keep enjoying your table tennis and check out pickskills.com. Bye.